Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and Horror. Today we will deepen our studies on ghosts and discuss mediums and psychics capable of contacting and communicating with the dead, and the different types of spectral manifestations encountered in folklore or recorded by occult specialists. Although ghosts are classic enemies in Dungeons and Dragons, in the Ravenloft camping setting, these creatures have received a lot of attention and development in order to become unique and complex adversaries. The main book with information about these creatures is the Von Richten's Guide to Ghosts, an in-depth study of the unquiet spirits that return from the grave to haunt the living, in a series of tomes about the horrors that inhabit the lands of the mists. The present video will not be focused on game mechanics, but will be directly inspired by the old books about these creatures in Ravenloft, mainly in the second edition of Dungeons & Dragons. If you play 5th edition, you will see that there are some differences in the approach of ghosts, but this video can be a source of information or even inspiration for creating new and more dangerous villains and enemies for your campaign. In this video, we will debate mediums and the different ways to contact the world of the dead, and the different types of restless spirits. Are you ready? As we travel for more than to the lands of Demolu, we study one of the works of the missing monster hunter Dr. Rudolf von Richten to find out how to contact the dead, as well as the different types of ghosts that haunt the lands of the mists. To hunt and battle ghosts is a hard and dangerous work, and those who throw themselves impetuously into this task may meet a terrible death. Sometimes, the easiest way to unlock a ghost's secret and glimpse its tragic past is through direct communication with the world of the dead. This task can be quite dangerous, and the support of a medium is essential. A few rare individuals possess a sensitivity to the spectral world, and through mystical skills or supernatural gifts, can break through the barriers that separate the world of the dead and the living. The support of these psychics is of great value to ghost hunters, but finding and hiring these individuals is not an easy task. Although in some parts of the Lands of the Mists, these mediums can widely advertise their abilities and even sell their services. In most of the region, these psychics need to hide their gifts, fearing the prejudice and superstition of the population. Because of this circumstance, many mediums adopt lifestyles that set them apart from the rest of society as their unique perception of reality demands that they keep secrets about their paranormal gifts. It is not uncommon for some mediums, even if they live among society, to become distant and reserved. Some, fearing persecution, became nomads, never staying too long in one place to avoid the unwanted attention their abilities can attract. Others end up becoming recluse living like hermits and severing their ties to society. 
The way an individual views his powers also distinguish mediums. Some become calculating and view their gifts as a craft, art or science. Other becomes morbid and their contact with the dead causes them to become obsessed with the macabre and death, adopting a fatalistic outlook and surrounding themselves with mementos of the finitude of life. The saddest case, however, are those who see their gifts as a terrible burden or judge themselves as undeserving of such abilities. Some cannot bear the weight of their gifts and end up succumbing to depression or madness and might become extremely dangerous individuals. When seeking the support of mediums, hunters must be aware that mystical knowledge or supernatural gifts can belong to individuals from the most diverse moral spectrums. It is not uncommon for channels of communication with the dead to be opened by necromancers and practitioners of dark and evil magic. Others may exploit their gifts for financial gain and have no qualms about extorting their clients, especially when they perceive their desperation and frailty. There are also individuals who practice this profession out of true vocation, practicing their art for free when they believe they can bring good for those involved. The safest way to find a medium is through recommendation. The reference of a friend or trusted source who has already used the services of a psychic is a sure way to find a medium and experienced monster hunters should eventually create a network of contacts to support their investigations. When a recommendation is not possible, occult investigators may also resort to searching for psychics through their reputation. In specific circles, some mediums acquire great renown, and such fame can be a sign of true knowledge and power over the spiritualist arts and the ability to communicate with the dead. Investigators should be careful, however, as many opportunistic charlatans sometimes spread a false reputation to deceive their victims. When none of these options are present, it is always possible for investigators to announce, by various means, a job offer for mediums, spreading the word to try to find interested candidates. Finally, some spiritualists can be found by other psychics. It is not uncommon for people connected to the spectral world to feel disturbances on the arterial border and to feel the proximity of other people who have close contact with the spirit world. Considering that different mediums may have different degrees of sensitivity and different mechanisms of contacting the dead, this way of finding mediums can be used if necessary. A medium's power can be divided according to its sources, and spiritualists can be divided as those who seek their abilities through study, and those who acquire their gifts incidentally. Spiritualists who acquire abilities through research and study of the mediumistic arts can be separated into arcane magic users, divine magic users, and psionics. The arcane arts hold many reliable spells for communication with the spirit world, and some specialist mages such as necromancers and diviners are among the most skilled for such tasks. 
the power to communicate with the dead can also come from connecting with the divine. And a spiritualist of great faith can also develop mystical abilities to communicate with the dead. Divine magic is a great tool for communicating with the spirit world, and clerics can also be useful in warding or controlling undead that prove to be violent and dangerous. Finally, there are studious spiritualists who can use psionic disciplines, using the power of the mind to explore the spirit world. While they can be reliable sources of information, individuals with disabilities are very rare, and they expose themselves to great risk by using their gifts in this way. Not every spiritualist or empath acquire their gifts through the study of magical or psionic arts, and many obtain their abilities incidentally or unintentionally. Some mediums of this type do not receive any training in the exercise of their paranormal gifts, and do not have much control over their abilities. Among the incidental spiritualists, some develop their abilities after an accident. After some major trauma or being at death's door, many individuals discover they are able to see, hear and communicate with the dead, an experience that can be very frightening to the unwary. Some inherit their gifts hereditary, and it is not uncommon for children of spiritualists to inherit their ability from their parents. In most of these cases, at least the person receives some kind of guidance and training regarding their supernatural gifts from their parents. Finally, there are some spiritualists who manage to induce a psychic state through the performance of rituals and the consumption of potions, herbs and other substances. These practices are common in some cultures, but the result of these induced capabilities are not always so reliable. The last way to distinguish the work of mediums is by the type of communication they establish with the spirit world. Those who communicate with the dead through the studies of mystical arts, such as wizards, clerics or psionics, often have a specific process by which they conduct their spells and abilities. Other spiritualists, however, develop very particular and specific methods of communicating with the spirit world. The most common type of spiritual sensitivity encountered is the sympathetic mediumship, to which the spiritualist is able to feel karmic and spiritual resonances through reading objects or people. These empaths can take readings of the spiritual resonance left behind by a great trauma or emotion and translate those vibrations to the non-sensitives. Mediums who establish a connection through a focus can communicate with the spirit world by establishing a connection between the spirit and some inanimate object. The concentration of the medium and the other participants in this communication is essential to maintain this link, and the objects and techniques of communication with the spirit can be quite varied. Pendulums, Ouija boards, cup of glasses, compasses and other objects can be used for these purposes. Other psychics are known for their gifts of regression, 
and they believe that every soul is trapped in an endless cycle of reincarnation. They induce people into a trance state to make them travel to forgotten memories of their past, and even find out about details of past lives and previous incarnations. Some spiritualists use their own bodies as instruments of communication. Host mediums allow their body to be used as a conduit for the spirit, which take controls of their speech and gestures. This dangerous form of contact can be useful at times, especially when spirits yearn for some material contact to resolve their dilemmas. Trans mediums are also able to contact spirits through their bodies, but do not relinquish control of their bodies to the spirits. They reach a trance state after long periods of meditation, fasting or concentration, and then open their minds to the psychic vibrations of the spirit world. Trans and host mediums are at considerable risk, however, as evil spirits that come into control of their bodies or contact with their minds may try to dominate the spiritualists and possess their bodies for their own evil agenda. Some very rare spiritualists are known as guide mediums. These mediums are not able to communicate with spirits on this plane, but they have the supernatural gift to open portals and breaches to the ethereal border, where they can communicate with spirits in their spectral world. Some of these individuals are even capable of taking others with them on their journeys to the ethereal border, a terrifying journey that involves great risk to the participants. Finally. Hunters must always be aware of the risk of encountering false mediums. Many are the crooks and charlatans who abuse the credulity and trust of others to obtain illicit gains and take advantage of leading questions, research, theatrics, tricks and illusions to deceive the unwise. Having concluded our studies of mediums and their ability to communicate with the dead, we will close our studies of ghosts and restless spirits by identifying different types of hauntings according to folklore and records of arcanists. It is important to note that while these types can help to understand the origins, motivations and powers of an undead spirit, any of the types of spectral manifestations mentioned here must also be categorized in terms of their magnitude of power consistency, appearance, spiritual anchors and triggers, among other categories of ghosts. The creatures known by occult scholars as ghosts are spirits who died under strong emotion and trauma, and whose karmic resonance caused them to turn into the undead. Ghosts can be formed from intelligent creatures, animals or even monsters, and in some rare cases, Ghostly entities can form through multiple individuals, like ghosts formed from crews of ships or ghostly armies. Some ghosts often haunt a single location, people or object, and the supernatural power most associated with this type of undead is their capability to cause accelerate aging on their victims. Perhaps 
The most dreaded example of this type of creature on the demiplane of dread is Lord Wilfred Godfrey, the Dark Lord of Mordant. A macabre variation of the ghost is the Kasurua, a spectral entity formed when a massacre leads to the violent death of several people. This spectral entity does not have a mind of its own and is trapped in the trauma and karmic energy of the place of its death. These invisible ghosts attack by hurling stones or other objects at their victims and may only find rest after the performance of special rites to appease these spirits. Apparitions are a dangerous form of spiritual undead and are able to move freely between the material and ethereal plane. In their spectral state, they are incorporeal and translucent, but upon entering the material plane, they appear with a skeletal semi-corporeal form, wrapped in filthy bandages. They only become substantial when they attack, and can use a powerful mental suggestion on their victims that they are being smothered to death by their skeletal hands. These monsters can only be definitely destroyed if defeated on the ethereal plane. An animator is an evil spirit that feeds on strong emotions such as hatred, fear or despair, and settles into an object that is exposed to these karmic resonances. Usually, they occupy an object that belongs to a person taken by these emotions, or places marked by such feelings, from small objects such as daggers, to larger objects such as carriages, ships, or even castles and mansions. Once supernaturally controlling these objects, they will do everything to stimulate and protect the emotion they feed on, spreading hatred, fear and despair. Fighting these creatures is very difficult. The mere destruction or concealment of these objects will only make these spirits seek a new target for its torments. A haunt is an undead spirit of someone who has died before completing an important task. These creatures can appear in the form of a luminescent sphere or a translucent image of their body in the moment of their death. These undead are bound to a certain location unless they have possessed the body of a living creature. They will try to possess the body of anyone who comes near the haunting place, and if successful, they will immediately attempt to carry out the mission that chains them to the afterlife. Another much feared undead that can possess the bodies of the living is the Odin. These spirits sometimes form after the death of an evil individual, usually from vicious and murderous people who are endowed with great willpower. They do not have an humanoid form and appear as a floating mist which seeks to infiltrate a person's body through the mouth, nose or ear. Once it has invaded the body, it will take control over it, while the host, horrified and unable to act, remains aware of everything happening with his body. Odin feeds on pain and suffering and will use the host's body to wreak havoc around it. 
The spirit has little or no care for the host, which is merely an instrument for its will, and can only be driven out by powerful spells, or the death of the possessed. A rather terrifying type of incorporeal undead is the Bastelus, or Dreamstalker. These immaterial entities look like humanoid figures made of shadows, that seek sleeping prey to feed on their nightmares. Its victims fall into a deep sleep and experience horrific nightmares as this spectral parasite feeds on their energy. Upon awakening, victims of these creatures find themselves exhausted, drained of their vital energy and capacity, and find they have not recovered from their wounds or their mystical abilities. Those who have died from being drained by a Bastelus return within a few days as another Bastelus to feed on other victims' nightmares. A type of restless spirit that are often harmless to the living are Geists, monsters who are mostly invisible but who can choose to assume a translucent form of their bodies at the time of their death. These ghostly manifestations do not have the power to attack or injure the living, but they sometimes choose to appear to torment those who murder them, to denounce their crimes, or to pass a message to the living. Some are even capable of creating visual or sound illusions, always looking to solve their unfinished business in the afterlife. The poltergeist, on the other hand, is a very dangerous spirit and usually only evil individuals transform into these monsters. They always remain invisible, but those who can see their spectral forms attest that they appear carrying chains or heavy objects, representing the weight of their sins. These spirits hate the living, and they torment the place where they haunt, being known to wreak havoc, destroying or hurling objects at their victims. A dangerous variation of the poltergeist is the spirit that seamen refer to as Bowlings. These undead arise when a sailor, usually vengeful and spiteful, dies in some accident while sailing the oceans. Unable to accept death, they return to haunt the vessel they served, blaming the captain and his crew for his death. While still undetected, they start causing accidents around the ship, sabotaging the work of their former companions with the aim of getting revenge. When they become visible, they assume the ghastly, scrawling shape of their former bodies, and their touch can drive an individual into a terrible boat of nausea. Seaman tales say that these spirits are linked to the ocean and are immediately destroyed if the ship they haunt runs aground on dry land. Corpse candles are the spirits of individuals who have been murdered and desire revenge on their killers. They have this name because their bodies remain with a strange luminescence where their eyes should be, like candle flames. Those who observe these flames, even for a brief moment, will be target of the onslaught of these spirits. Those who succumb to this attack have terrifying visions of the murdered death 
and the killer's face, and will come to see the killer's face in whatever flame they see, until they obtain the revenge desired by the undead spirit. Those who became haunted by a corpse candle and refused to seek revenge may begin to be haunted by flames that move towards them, or even see menacing spectral shapes made of fire. People able to see into the spirit world might be able to see over the shoulders of the haunted person the form of the spirit of the corpse candle. Among some of the most powerful undead spirits is the Banshee, spirits of elven women who have had a great trauma at the time of their death and turned into powerful monsters. Their translucent forms have their face marked by constant agony and suffering, and their hair seems to float, tangled and disheveled. These spirits are feared for their wail and scream, which can paralyze the hearts of those who hear it, leading to instant death. Luckily, they can only use this ability a few times a day, and while their scream can be heard from great distances, only those closest to them suffer its little effects. The most dangerous and feared spirits of this type is the fearsome Banshee Tristessa, who haunts the lands of Kining, surrounded by death and desolation caused by her cursed wailing. Another feared and powerful form of undead spirits are the Spectres, translucent and macabre spirits that maintain a strong connection with energies of the negative plane. These creatures have a translucent appearance, similar to their bodies while alive, but often show the gruesome damage and wounds of their death, or reveal a corrupted appearance. Daylight strips them of their powers, and during this period they seek darkness or remain totally invisible. These monsters fly at great speed, and their touch is capable of draining levels from their victims. Those that die in this way will rise as new specters to torment the living. Specters who absorb powerful energies from their victims sometimes become spectral masters, and manage to compel other specters to serve them making encountering a band of these creatures an even more dangerous and lethal event. Another dangerous type of spectre are spectral hags, which are formed when powerful hags die while performing some evil ritual. These cursed spirits maintain monstrous aspects of the hag's nature and are fueled by a deep hatred. They still yearn to consume humanoid flesh, but can never satisfy their hunger. Spectral hags can also drain levels with their touch, and also lose their powers in sunlight. They often lead bands of spectres, and they know evil rituals capable of turning a woman into a hag. Wraiths are undead spirits of evil individuals who find no rest after their death. These creatures appear as humanoid figures made of darkness, and often haunt cemeteries and tombs where they are buried. Its touch causes a terrible cold. 
and is also a transmit to powerful negative energies that drain the victim's level. The snow raid or Arayashka is a variant of this type of undead, which forms from strong-willed individuals who died from exposure to cold. They return to haunt the icy regions where they died, and manifest during blizzards where they seek victims from whom they can drain the heat. From the isolated islands of Hokushima Tayo, we find quite peculiar tales of undead spirits in the Kaidan, tales of ghost stories. The Akikash, or Shadow Ninja, are the spirits of skilled assassins who died before completing their mission. Their obsession with honor and duty prevents them from resting after death, and their spirits return to slay their targets. Invisible and silent, they incessantly seek their victims, we will probably only see their assassin after being attacked. Their brows cause a deadly cold, and it's said that they can focus to kill a target with a single blow, freezing their heart. After fulfilling their final mission, these spirits are finally released from their duty and disappear. More disturbing accounts tells of the Ansashia, spirits of shadow ninjas who are captured in servitude by evil clerics and proceed to carry out their murderer's orders with no hope of finding rest. Shadows are undead spirits that have a strong link to the negative plane and appear as humanoid forms made of darkness, virtually invisible without a strong source of light. These spirits roam in packs and their touch can drain the strength of their victims, making them increasingly weak and susceptible to their attacks. Those who have all their strengths drained in this way will also become shadows and their spirit essence will be absorbed by their shadow, becoming another undead creature. These undead are believed to have been magically created by some powerful curse. In the lands of Sidicus, deep within the mind of Vaidraba, the subterranean darkness is home to the dangerous South Shadows, creatures that emanate from the very suffering and evil that seems to gather in the womb of the earth. These fluid-shaped entities look like liquid darkness, able to momentarily assume the form of vague humanoid figures. The touch of these creatures causes burns and is also capable of draining strength for their victims. These monsters can possess their bodies. People possessed by salt shadows emanate a slightly salty smell, and when they commit evil deeds, their eyes turn black, revealing the presence of the shadows that control them. These creatures hate life and revel in maniacal acts of corruption and hatred. Their biggest weakness is light, and they can be instantly destroyed if they come in contact with sunlight. One of the most mysterious types of spiritual manifestations ever reported is the Green Reaper, or the Spirit of Death, a skeletal figure in robes holding a skite which appears around the dying to feed on their soul. 
these hideous spirits do not communicate with others around them and usually do not attack unless someone tries to stop them from feeding on the spirits of the recently deceased. The touch of these reaper's spectral skite is capable of instantly killing their target and few are able to resist such strike. Some believe that these mysterious dead spirits are servants to the dark powers, but there is no evidence to support this theory. Another very dangerous type of undead found on the demiplane of dread is the mist horror. They form when individuals commit evil deeds that attract the attention of the dark powers, and when they die, the mists come to claim their soul after death. Many consider a bad omen to perform a burial on a foggy day, and the Vistani take special care to avoid these circumstances. Spirits that become mist horrors usually remain invisible and are trapped to a certain location. They hide in vapors and mist and can use them to create a misty body, assuming hideous forms to fight those who invade their territory. These horrors take a few moments to assume these vaporous forms, but they like to surprise their victims by leaping out of the mists or steam, and their victims only have as a warning the vague feeling of being watched. Some of these spirits seem to be able to roam freely, and some Arcanists and Devistani believe that such undead play a crucial role in the demiplane of dread, fulfilling the will of the dark powers. After researching in depth von Richten's studies about ghosts, we feel better prepared to face the spectral horrors that haunt the land of the mists. In our search for the whereabouts of the old monster hunter and the purification of our sins for the cure of lycanthropy, we finally arrived in the lands of Demolu to seek the support of the famous detective Alanik Ray. Join us, subscribe to this channel and activate notifications, and together let's explore yet another domain of the lands of the mists.